Welcome to the Fed to Fed podcast, where we dive into the dynamic world of government technology. I'm your host, Susan Scher, and in this series, we'll be joined by current and former federal leaders who are at the forefront of innovation in the public sector. Here, we speak openly and honestly about the challenges and opportunities facing the U.S. government in the modern age, championing innovation and the incredible capabilities of technology along the way. Whether you're a federal leader, a tech industry professional, or simply fascinated by IT modernization, just like us, this podcast is for you, and we're so happy to have you tuning in. Today, we have a truly exceptional guest with us, Mr. Michael Parrish, the Chief Acquisition Officer at the United States Department of Veterans Affairs. He serves as Senior Most Advisor to the Secretary, providing policy and oversight for all of the department's acquisition activities. He leads VA's 17,000 acquisition professionals and is responsible for the procurement budget of $40 billion, as well as the administration and oversight of approximately $100 billion in major programs. Additionally, Mike manages VA's $22 billion major construction and leasing program to support the largest integrated healthcare system in the United States, providing care at 1,255 healthcare facilities to over 9 million veterans enrolled in the VA healthcare program. Mike, welcome to the Fed to Fed podcast. We're thrilled to have you here today. Thanks, Susan. It's great to see you again. Why don't we go ahead and get started and chat about the great work you and your team are driving for FY24. Sure. Yeah. You know, for me, for the next uh, uh, new fiscal year that we just started today is, you know, we're really focused on the people, processes and technology. So for I've been here for a little over two and a half years and it's been a journey in the acquisition maturity of uh, a VA. So looking at, you know, the, my main focuses and the team's main focus across the enterprises is really from an acquisition standpoint around um, career management. So we want to improve our acquisition uh, workforce career management processes and make sure that all of our teammates from you know the lowest levels all the way up to to my level have have a path and have an opportunity. It's it's similar to the DOE Act of 1986, which brought me in as an acquisition officer back in the uh, um, back in the DoD days. But we're trying to incorporate something like that for for VA for our for all of our program managers and for all of our um, uh, contracting officers and otherwise to make sure that we have that standardized level of training and then also that upward mobility. If, if people choose to to go into management and to other places. So, you know, technically process-wise, we're looking at uh, institutionalizing the enterprise program management uh, processes. Remember, that's part of PAMIA and it's part of, you know, making sure that all program managers across all the administrations are, are following the methodologies and the, and the concept. You know, it's it's the life cycle management, um, as I've said in previous uh, venues that you know when I first got here it was people thought acquisition equals just contracting and really it's the concept of cradle to grave from from the idea all the way through to a uh, disposition you know and 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 we've gotten much better at working through Fatara working uh, transparently and jointly across the enterprise working with the CIO and and the the CFO and others to make sure that we're we're driving that behavioral and cultural cultural modernization and transformation of of acquisition processes 
You know, the other other thing that we're really focused on this year rolling out is our introducing what we call the Enterprise Program Management Framework. Um, and, you know, it, it key component of that is what we call ALF, which is the Acquisition Lifecycle Framework. And it's really an automated uh, system that gives us that extra rigor and uh, milestone maturity and governance and oversight, uh, as opposed to the old system we had, which was APMF, the Acquisition Program Management Framework, which is 10 plus years old. And then the third thing on the, uh, you know, from process going to technology, one of the things that we're really looking at is is uh, and it kind of ties into a later discussion is really around the concept of IVB, uh, independent validation and verification. It's it's really going in and, and making sure that our, our industry friends and our vendors have actually delivered what they promised on time and on budget. And and it's it's a validation methodology which we hope to roll out initially a limited pilot. Um, uh, RFP folks around uh, EHRM uh, later here, hopefully this month, and then uh, go to a bigger, more comprehensive um, effort. It's really starting with the larger programs, the major acquisitions. And so that's kind of the general topics, the gen- the big topics uh, with, with the normal blocking and tackling. Um, but we're in a good place um, and we're, we're continuing to improve our processes overall. That sounds great, Mike. People, process, and technology is what it takes um, in terms of uh, making sure that the culture and the people understand the direction you all are heading in. Are you going to be working with the VA Acquisition Academy to provide training to the acquisition workforce? Correct. And actually, we're going to house that concept of uh, of the acquisition career workforce management in the VA Academy. So training is a very key component of that, um, along with that that professional roadmap. But they're, they're going to lead in, in, in um, and they are leading in managing that effort as we're rolling that. We've been working on this for about a year plus now. That's wonderful. That's very, very exciting. So, Mike, tell us more about the VA's multi-year appropriations and how that puts the Department of Veterans Affairs in a strong position to continue to deliver care to our nation's veterans. First, let me give a shout out to our uh, our uh, VA contracting uh, teammates who we just finished FY23 and we had over 125,000 actions uh, which have a value, initial preliminary uh, numbers will get a value over $51 billion of, of contract uh, efforts. And so we've we've greatly expanded, obviously, our, our purchasing and our purchasing power inside VA. And to put that in perspective, you know, we just had the PACT Act, uh, which was rolled out, which, which is really increasing our enrolled veterans. You know, we originally had about 9.1 million. It's, it, it, we've had additional veterans for about additional three to five million uh, more in survivors. Um, so, you know, for the FY24 request, as you know, in our budget, uh, we're requesting uh, $325 billion, which includes discretionary uh, collections and man- uh, the mandatory spend. Um, it's about a $16 billion increase over the FY23 enacted level. But it, it, it ties into that to that um, uh, the, the PACT Act actions. And, you know, it provides for 7.4 million unique patients treated by the VA, 140 million outpatient visits. You know, it's a historic investment in our infrastructure. We actually are calling this year the FY24 the year of infrastructure, because as you know, our infrastructure is uh, on average age about 60 years for our facilities, where on the civilian side, it's about 16 to 18 years. So, so you know, we, we've got a lot of work to to work on our facilities or our infrastructure debt. And we're looking at, at other ways other than just spending to, to be able to do that. So this year is a real focus on on what we're doing with that. But right now in the in the budget, we have a $4.1 billion um, request for construction. And, uh, you know, education assistance uh, is, you know, serving nearly over 820,000 
uh, trainees through the education benefits. And so when you roll all that together, you know, this is a, a little uh, stronger uh, or more robust budget, but we we look at this as, as a long-term investment. And again, it's not just a yearly investment to your question, it's really multi-year investment. So a lot of the funds that we use are, are from previous years, and these funds also allow us to go forth to make sure that this critical national asset is, is continued to be uh, to be a value. That's terrific, Mike. How exciting to lead that effort. So connected to that energy around the money, uh, you established uh, the Pathfinder program. You lead with innovation. Um, you're driving towards using emerging technologies as you integrate people, process, and technology. Can yeah. you talk more about how you're driving um, innovation within the acquisition community at the VA? Sure. Yeah. One of the, the things that we're doing and we've, we're getting mature on this level also, first of all, you know, as, as Pathfinder has come out, we've had over a thousand submissions. And you remember the, the original idea was the fusion of acquisition and innovation together. So where we've been really successful on the, the market research aspect of the, the sales side. And for those who have not uh, seen Pathfinder, it's pathfinder.va.gov. And it's it's that easy to use, integrated and intelligent system that that helps as a tutorial go through a series of questions to help people who've never worked in government or people who've worked in government quite a bit to get to get linked up with appropriate buyers based upon those 10 categories that will be said as, as in category management. So, you know, on the innovation side, we're getting better at, uh, I know we had a, a slow start, but, but for those people who are looking at innovative solutions, we have a rigorous process where it comes through on the innovation side and then our, our Research is evaluated initially for strategic fit to VA um, and also the uniqueness or the novelty of it. And then we work on ways to to help uh, strategically source uh, that product to be able to scale it to something that we in VA can use and possibly you know change medicine across the world. And so it's the Pathfinders that that gateway or that door to get in. And then with innovation, especially what we're working on this next next year, next generation is that is that strategic sourcing because. You know, as you know, a lot of DARPAs and research centers, the, our researchers love to publish, so they, they do the research for research sake and publish things. But when you look at it to fuse and merge that acquisition pieces, let's think strategically from the very beginning when we first get that new idea. And and actually, you have the contracting team and have the lawyers in and everybody at the beginning to be able to to work through and be able to quickly scale and source that thing. You know, on, on DOD side, they have the, the cliche of the valley of death. That's where new ideas go to die. And it's really because... Things are done sequentially, and then when it becomes a something that's real and viable, then there's no budget necessarily for it. So we're changing that paradigm, and um, through Pathfinders a start to be able to do that going forward, and that's where we want to go with that. We're also doing a, a couple of things around contractor responsibility assessment and market research assessments, where we're using intelligent systems, expert systems that can go in and, and gather data and, and be able to, to synthesize that and do some predictive analytics for us to be able to, to assess the current market conditions, the business sizes, and, and help be more efficient in uh, our contracting processes. Back to your earlier question, you know, what I'm really focused on too is compressing our our cycle of time from idea all the way to contract implementation, you know, not months and years, but hopefully, you know, days and weeks. Um, and that's kind of a long-term thing, as we know. Um, another idea we have is, is what's called Federal Data Check, and it's an e-tool that provides various uh, queries of, of the procurement uh, data in the in FPDS, the Federal Procurement Data System. Um, that's our authorized federal source that identifies potential areas that we're able to, to require verification. Uh, it goes around the, the concept of that uh, we have American sources and properly uh, certified sources uh, in, around FedRAMP and other kind of ideas as well. So, these are some of the things that we're looking innovatively. Uh, another couple of components that we could continue to to address or talk about are things like digital twinning. 
not just products, but also facilities. Um, as you know, our supply chain uh, modernization effort is, is going out. We're into phase two of that solicitation right now. And that that's kind of a, a proof of concept on how we can do things right with technologies of service, statement of objectives as opposed to requirements. And, and with that, uh, the, the winning industry partner is going to have a whole lot of new innovative things that are cloud-based. And so that's something that's going to help us uh, uh, streamline our processes as well as, as sunset some of our legacy systems that we have as, as those who've been working in VA know that there's a significant amount, hundreds of, of unique items and systems. And that's really in that game changer of, you know, the new VA, not our parents' VA, is, is transparent and joint, and we make sure things are, are, are integrated across the enterprise. That's fantastic, Mike. Very exciting time to be at the VA as you're as you're using all these different technologies. Let me ask you a question that's connected to that. If industry often says, you know, we've got this innovative solution that we'd love to get in front of the VA, and it's really hard to be able to do that and let them know how it can help them save time, save money, uh, drive, be mission focused, you know, all those things that need to happen. What is your recommendation to industry if they do have an innovative solution to get in front of the right people? Yeah, and Pathfinder is that first step because it, it's a, it's a way to actually get get identified those new ideas to to the right people and to the right teams. Um, we've seen out of uh, a couple hundred of the um, the innovative ideas that we're already doing some of that work, so so they're not uh, not necessarily needed. But we've seen we found a couple uh, I would say a couple dozen actually good ideas that are being processed and vetted, and we can do better on our communications things. But as you know, one of my big mantras since I've been here is is it's okay to, to communicate, um, you know, introduction-wise and informational-wise. And so Pathfinder is that vehicle to do that. Um, otherwise, you know, it's it's important for people to to be able to reach out to me and, and have those conversations and to look at look at ways to to say, hey, we didn't think about that. You know, let's let's do this. Um, we've also got cooperative research and development uh, ideas and agreements. We're trying to set up SBIRS, TTR like kind of programs through the VHA and and otherwise. And so there's some of this stuff has to be legislative and, and, and statutorily authorized, but we do have authorities for creators in um, in VHA. And so those are other ways to help test and, and validate. Part of the other I, uh, IVV process is operational test and evaluation that we're also looking longer term to put in place so we can test new ideas and have a centralized evaluation center that we can plug in new ideas into and, and, and see quantitatively as well as qualitatively, does this system work with us or is it a good idea that our users then will be able to, to evaluate? So that's something long-term, but I appreciate that question. And I hope that people have seen a, a exponential change in the last three or four years of, of that relationship between vendor and NVA partners to be able to talk and communicate and, and share ideas together with data. That's excellent, Mike. Thank you for your leadership in that space. Well, you said you talked about budget. You talked about all of the modernization things that you have going on there. Can you share some opportunities that will be released in FY24 that industry should have on the radar screen? Yeah, I mentioned um, uh, infrastructure, a year of in infrastructure. So you'll see a lot of those um, probably across the, the enterprise. Some of these are, are fairly large. Um, obviously, we work with the Corps of Engineers, but the others will be smaller. And obviously, we're looking for those innovative ideas and be able to do some of those areas. I think a real big push that industry needs to be aware of, it's really a real big push uh, government-wide around procurement equity and made in America. And um, I think one of the big concerns that we have is obviously, as we know, our supply chain in America, it's, it's not just a VA problem, it's a national problem about having a made in America products. 
I think that the more we can be made aware of FDA approved and certified American made products and, and components, that's a huge win for us because right now that's a big gap. And so we're still relegated to being uh, required to have to purchase some items and pharmaceuticals and others from overseas, some PPE, you know, uh, personal protective equipment. Um, et cetera. And so that is a, a big push for us this coming year. So anyone that's listening that might have uh, personal protective equipment that's made in America that can verify that and also be FDA approved, then you know by all means reach out to us because we would we would look at that very quickly. So um, and that's why I mentioned improving the industrial base because that's not just a VA item, it's a it's a US overall item. I think you'll see, uh, you know, our new medical surgical prime vendor contract was rolled out this past year. So, you know, we have some prime vendors that that, that work with us uh, to be able to source medical supplies. Um, you'll see a lot of that and you'll see more and more as we're getting into the cloud and doing more artificial intelligence type of systems. You'll see more and more IT related things. Um, but w- what we ultimately want is is partners that are going to help us kind of on this journey, not just be the ones that are spending money for money's sake or just treating it necessarily just solely as a business. I understand the business component coming from that side, but we want to be able to have partners that can help us move the the government needle uh, from procurement while also obviously serving our veterans. Because our main mission is is always whatever we do, improving access and outcomes for our veterans. Um, and that's kind of what drives everything that we do. So Mike, there's going to be an opportunity for industry to connect in um, in Orlando in November. Can you tell me more about the event, the program, who we should expect that will be there and the engagement? Our National Veterans Small Business Engagement, uh, which has been on hiatus because of COVID, this is the first time we're rolling this out in a few years. It's going to be in Orlando the first week of November, I believe, and I encourage everyone to go and uh, sign up for it. Um, We will have a lot of our um, contracting leaders and a lot of our category leaders there to be able to host uh, different events and different meetings. I'll be there myself personally, and I look forward to having roundtables and other other uh, venues to to talk and and, uh, and meet with the industry partners. So that's something that I think it's small business focused, but I think anyone can come and attend, and I encourage you to do so. Mike, is there anything that I haven't asked you today that you'd like to share? No, I think uh, we've covered a lot of the top line bases and stuff. I just, you know, just reader to industry is we're a work in progress. Uh, I hope they've seen some benefits working with VA. And, you know, we always look for you as industry partners help to make ourselves better and make ultimately the VA better, which ultimately gets to better access and outcomes for our veterans. And I thank you all for, for your help with us in that journey. Thank you so much, Mike. This session was just so fantastic. We really appreciate your time. Thank you for your time. That concludes today's episode of the Fed to Fed podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Your feedback helps us to continue to bring you thought-provoking conversations with the brightest minds in government technology. Stay tuned for our next episode, where we'll continue to explore opportunities to harness the power of technology for a more innovative and efficient government. Until then, I'm Susan Scherer, and this is the Fed to Fed podcast. Thank you for joining us.